We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's game preview time. Week 17 of this 2023-2024 NFL season rolls on. And Sarah, we're just a few days away from flipping the calendar, not only to 2024, but January, which means postseason is upon us. But one more December game to get through first things first. It's a battle for the one seed. The Ravens and Dolphins match up in a one o'clock game, which, hey, everybody's New Year's Eve plans, I guess, get to stay intact. But it's a one o'clock game, week 17, Miami and Baltimore, and we're looking forward to this one for sure. Both teams coming off big wins, big confidence boosters for sure. So a lot to play for. This is a big one. Oh, yeah. This episode is brought to you by one of this month's small business Patreon sponsors, Bryant Mason and the folks at Mid-Atlantic Financial Group, LLC. We make commercial financing simple. You can learn more about what they do in the top of the show notes below. Check out the link that we have provided for you. So this is a familiar face and name. He has certainly spread thin on Baltimore week, not only because his Miami Dolphins are at least the team that he covers. I'm um, not sure if he's become a fan. We'll have, to, we'll have to ask him about that. As one of the beat writers down there in South Florida, he used to work for the Baltimore Sun here in Baltimore and did really good work. And he is certainly on the fast rise, proud of what he's been able to do these last couple of years. Daniel Oyufusi joins the show here inside the vault from Miami. It's been a busy one. We know you've been making your rounds, Daniel. And uh, again, just wanted to say thank you for your time and, and congratulations on all your success to date. No, thank you so much. Thanks for having me as well. We always begin with, I mean, you know, you know the drill. We can't cover your team and you can't cover our team, at least as thorough as we all can when it's all 32 teams, right? And we're so you got to kind of do what you can. So we always like to ask, since you are covering the Miami Dolphins on a, on a daily basis, what is the state of the team entering Week 17? Big picture. Yeah, the state of the team in Week 17 is uh, their confidence. Uh, they're they're on the rise. You know, they're just coming off of a narrative busting, you could say, uh, type of win. You know, they entered Week Seven or Week 16, I should say, uh, and they couldn't avoid the talk about their struggles against winning teams. You know, 0-3 against teams with a winning record. Um, they get a big win at the last second against the Dallas Cowboys, so they can kind of like brush that to the side and just move on. They clinch the playoff berth, and obviously now the stakes are even higher with the opportunity to clinch the AFC East and take a hold of the AFC's number one seed with a win in Baltimore. Yeah, like you said, the, the confidence is high. Confidence high for both teams coming off of kind of prove-it wins. You know, obviously, the number one seed, that's up for grabs. But can you also set the stage? How big is this game beyond that in terms of, like, 
both these teams are going to the playoffs, right? So what would this win mean beyond get, becoming the lead for the number one seed? Well, I'll say internally when, when talking to Coach Mike McDaniel and players, they, they don't want to make it bigger than it is. You know, Tua mm. was asked about the stakes, and he's like, hey, I like to win all games. You know, like I don't care when we play, how we play, how we get the win. I just want to win, and whatever comes with that, we'll gladly accept it. But – Taking a step back, bird's eye view, I think we all understand what's at stake again. With the Ravens win, they secure the number one seed and the road to the Super Bowl you know, goes through Baltimore, more or less. Uh, with the win for the Dolphins, you know, they would just need one more win to secure that. Um, and for them, I think it's it's so vital because of their kind of disparate uh, performances on at home and on the road. At home, I think they're 19-3 and three in their last 22. Um, they really have only lost one game this year to the Tennessee Titans in kind of a, a late collapse. Um, at On the road, they're a completely different team. They struggle with crowd noise. Their offense isn't as crisp. So if they can get that number one seed, um, they give themselves as good a chance as any team uh, to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And you see it right here for those of you in the YouTube space, seven and one at home, four and three on the road. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty stark difference there between what they've been able to do uh, away and, and inside hard rock. Obviously, this high powered offense is facilitated and quarterbacked by Tua, uh, a guy that seems to be always in the conversation, whether it's. MVP talk this year, the injury situation and concussion stuff last year, you name it. That's just how it is, kind of like Lamar, which you know well. Uh, talk to us about the development uh, of Tua and maybe even just some of the numbers here you see on the screen from our guy Spencer Schultz, who broke down what he's like when pressured and what not pressured. And spoiler alert, he is a different quarterback uh, when pressured. But your, your thoughts so far on his development? Yeah, you know, I've I've often called Tua the most polarizing player in the NFL, and maybe even more so than Lamar Jackson. I think that after a couple of years, a lot of people are kind of coming around on Lamar. They're giving him his due. Tua, it seems like he's still kind of fighting for his respect. You know, he had some early career struggles. Mike McDaniel comes on. They build a system that really accentuates his talents uh, as, a, as a timing passer, as a, a guy with great accuracy. Um, but then you still have the knocks on him that, hey, he's carried by Tyreek Kill. He's carried by Jalen Waddle. He's carried by the scheme. Um, but, you know, we've seen some performances this year where you know, Tyreek Hill has been out of the lineup. Jalen Waddle has been out of the lineup, and they're still performing. So I think he's slowly but surely getting getting his due. Um, but he's not worried about that. You know, I think that he he's he's as confident as he's ever as he's ever been. Um, you know, he's been put in an environment where he's allowed to be himself, be his uh, unique individual self, and lead um, as such. And I think that the guys are really rallying around him. Um, you know, you mentioned that stat about the pressure. Yeah, he has one of the biggest drops drop drop offs in the NFL for quarterbacks when pressured and when not pressured. Um, a lot. He's not pressured a lot because his timing is so quick and his release is so quick. Um, but if you can get him to hold on to the ball um, and get some pressure on him, you know he is prone to make some mistakes. So I think that's one of the keys for this game on Sunday. What would be the game plan for that, Daniel? We just saw, you know, Brock Purdy was coming into that Ravens game as the MVP favorite, and Mike McDonald's known for confusing quarterbacks, showing one look pre-snap, going to another look post-snap. What can the, the Dolphins do to counteract what Mike McDonald might show him? Yeah, well, I think it starts on the ground. You know, one of the things I was kind of surprised about 
I guess from my vantage point uh, in the Ravens 49ers game was, you know, Kyle Shanahan maybe not leaning on the run game as much as he probably should should have. You know, mm-hmm. although it was a five turnover performance for San Francisco, um, early on in that game, we did see them get some traction uh, with Christian McCaffrey and some long runs. Um, the Dolphins, you know, are, are amongst the best teams in the NFL in rushing um, against the Shanahan style offense. So they're going to like to press the edge, get to the perimeter uh, with a lot of fast guys that they have, whether it's Raheem Moster or Devon Achan, or sometimes they might give it off to Tyree Kill on the edge. Um, so really, you know, getting out of those, uh, staying, staying out of those obvious passing situations where Mike McDonald can kind of show some complex and exotic uh, pressure looks. Because um, I think that if I'm the Ravens, I'm probably taking a similar script as the previous game against the 49ers and trying to muddy up the picture uh, for Tua and force him to hold the ball a little longer. Dan, you mentioned that Tua's kind of still fighting for his respect, whether that be around the league or in media circles or whatever. Uh, he's got Lamar's. Listen to what he had to say earlier this week. Tua's a phenomenal player, I believe. You know, um, I seen him, I, I think it was, I don't know who they were playing, Georgia in a, in a uh, national championship game when I think they took one quarterback out, put him in. He threw the game winning touchdown. After that, I was like, bro, he's like he's amazing, you know. Um, I just fell in love with his game then, and like his pause in the games and stuff like that in situations. Um, and I, I believe he was gonna win Heisman one year, and I, I DM'd him. I'm like, bro, you need to win Heisman. Like I voted for you, you know, stuff like that. But um, his game is great, you know, phenomenal quarterback. Uh, he just gotta keep keep doing what he's doing. Just not this week. All right, so you got a couple of years under your belt down there in Miami. You just mentioned a minute ago. You really think that that Tua rivals Lamar in terms of the polarizing side of things? You, you for real? Oh man, in, in dolphin circles, they, they 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 ride for this guy, man. If you if if they hear a negative word about Tua, I mean, they get in the army ready. Uh, it's it's serious, and obviously, and again, I I think that for Lamar, you know, he's a little bit ahead of his in his career. He's had uh, you know he has unanimous MVP. He's had some of that success. Um, I think more people starting to come around on him, but there's a lot of people uh, that still question whether, you know, it's two is the driving force of this offense, whether it's uh, other guys, uh, but obviously there's a lot of mutual respect uh, between Tua and Lamar. I know Tua spoke before uh, Lamar and he, he kind of told us that tidbit as well that he reached out on IG when he was at Alabama to, to say, you know, keep on balling. Um, so, you know, it's a matchup of uh, MVP candidates right here. Obviously Lamar is the front runner, uh, but Tua is not far behind and it's obviously going to be a really cool matchup. Hey, Daniel, you had mentioned that one way to help counteract things and help Tua out against this Ravens defense was bringing in, you know, the run game with Mostert and other guys. So that kind of brings me to the injury report. This is what we have up to now. I mean, at the time of this recording, we're probably going to get an injury report within an hour here. Um, But we do have your reporting of who returned. So really, it sounds like the only two guys that missed today was Mostert and uh, Waddle. Is that correct? Yeah, so Mostert, Raheem Mostert and Jalen Water are the only two players uh, that we didn't see at practice. Uh, Mostert dealing uh, with that ankle injury, but uh, Mike McDaniel expects him to play. We spoke to the team's running backs coach today. He expects him to play. Obviously, Water was really the one to monitor uh, with that high ankle sprain. You know, DMPs uh, in, in the first two days of practice doesn't bode well for his availability. Um, a high ankle sprain is usually at least like a one or two week issue, and the Dolphins have been very, very cautious uh, in bringing guys along from injuries. They really don't want to have a situation where they aggravate an injury uh, and then they're out for even longer. That's what we're seeing with Robert Hunt, who you know returned to practice, but he really didn't do much uh, after stretches. Um, so Wado, I'd say it's looking like he's not going to be available, um, but, but Mike McDaniel wouldn't rule him out. So how how does that affect Tyreek? Because to me, it would be like from a Ravens point of view, it's like you put all those resources into stopping Tyreek, but then Waddle's right there. So if Waddle's not there, 
who else is there to help Tyreek out? Yeah, that, that, that's what makes the Dolphins offense so hard to contain is that, you know, you have one four two guy on one side of the field and you, you you can't really allocate so many resources to shadowing him because you have a four two guy on the other side. So it's kind of like pick your poison. Um, if Waddle isn't able to play, um, it does get a little bit tricky because, you know, they have another wide receiver that's really fast. Robbie Chosen, formerly Robbie Anderson. Um, he's dealing with a concussion. He's in the protocol. Um, unsure if he's going to be cleared in time. Um, so then you're looking at guys like Braxton Berrios, River Craycraft, Cedric Wilson. Those are more kind of possession guys. Like they're not really going to stretch a uh, a team uh, vertically. Um, so it does get a little bit tougher. I, I definitely expect them to um, lean on the run game in that case. Um, they like to use Mostert and Devon Achan, the rookie, in the passing game. Really Achan in terms of downfield passing. They've taken some shots. Um, but, you know, they've had some experiences this year This year where, you know, Waddle has been out of the lineup. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, so it wouldn't be like their first time adjusting uh, to just having Tyreek in that starting lineup. So what you're telling me is that Tyreek's going to have a chance to make a case for himself here with two games to go for that MVP nod (laughs) without Waddle. I mean, for what it's worth, by the way, Schefter, as we've been recording this Thursday afternoon, is reporting that he is not going to go. Jalen Waddle, just just that that, that's out there. Uh, Barry Jackson, I believe, is your is one of your colleagues down there. is is also on top of that right now. You probably need to be as well. So we got to finish. Danny would probably be on top. I'm late to the news because we are. We appreciate you even more now that you're carving out some time. We <laughs> yeah. we know that could be uh that could be tricky, but but I, I guess the question becomes for for this guy. One, do you think that he deserves to be more in this conversation? I mean, here are the odds right now. I guess entering week 17. This list has him at plus 2,500 for, for the NFL most valuable player. But let's say, okay, how about this? Let's say he balls out on Sunday. Let's say he balls out in the regular season finale. You've been watching him all year long. Make a case for him. So this has been a longstanding debate uh, around Dolphin circles, you know, with people that cover the team were like, is two of the MVP, is Tyreek the MVP? You gotta, you have to acknowledge um, that what Tyreek was on pace to do prior to his ankle injury that left him uh, sidelined from the Titans game, he was on pace for the NFL's first 2,000-yard receiving season. Like, has never been done in the league. Um, so, you know, for somebody to uh, to have such a historic feat, I think you actually you have to at least consider them for it. The thing about the Dolphins and Tyreek's success is that you know while he does do so much on his own and he opens so much for the offense, um, obviously so much of his success is tied to what Tua is doing. And Tyreek has even said like Tua is the MVP of this team now. Tool has said that Tyreek is the MVP uh, of the team, so maybe we have a split vote. But that that's really the the nature of it. You know, it's hard to separate uh, Tyreek's success from Tua's success, and a little bit of conversely, it's hard to separate Tua's success from Tyreek's success. But we know that this is a quarterback award. Usually, the quarterback um, of the best team in the NFL gets the award. If Tyreek goes crazy and he gets to 2,000 yards in the final two game, or he gets close, it's going to be hard not to also look at what. Tua is doing as well as the quarterback and the guy that touches the ball every down. All right. So usually I I like to, at the end, get into key matchups and predictions. But before we do, Bobby, I don't know the clip that you have. What's the clip that you have with uh, Harvey? I know Daniel does. I know Daniel does. (laughs) Because not only has he been on top of this now that Vic Fangio is the defensive coordinator from Miami, but correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, you were in Baltimore when this spat happened in 2021, correct? I actually was my it was my first year on the Dolphins beat, so I was not. I, I saw I'm I saw sorry. this from afar. Yeah. Okay. Dang, this is three, this is year three for you. I know time flies, man. Right. Oh Jeez. man. Okay. All right. So uh, that's right. I guess we met in 2019. That was Lamar's MVP year. Or was your first year 2020? 
My first year was 2019, then I was there for 2020, and I left before the 2021 season. Unreal, man. This time is absurd. So, okay. Well, just just in case, I'm sure the majority of the audience understands what happens here, but the rushing record of streaks that dated back to – so it was a 100-plus rushing yard streak that dated back to the 1970s. It was a Steelers record that had stood for years and years and years. The Ravens were on the cusp of closing in on that record breaking it in Denver a couple years ago. And so John Harbaugh made a decision to when when there was a turnover by Denver, he made a decision two years ago to run the ball and go after that that record. Right. And so obviously at the time, Vic Fangio is the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And then this played out in the media afterwards. Uh, did you have a problem with the last play that Baltimore ran? And- yeah, I thought it was kind of bullshit, but I expected it from them. You know, I've 37 years and pro ball i've never seen anything like that so but it was to be expected and we expected it why did you expect it from them because i just know how they operate you know they that's just their uh, you know mode of operation there player safety is secondary i mean i thought we were on good terms a nice chat before the game uh known each other for a long time but i promise you i'm not going to give that insult one second thought that's uh what's meaningful What's meaningful to us might not be meaningful to them. Their concerns are definitely not our concerns. And, uh, you know, we didn't expect to get the ball back, you know, but I'd already decided, we decided that if we got the ball back, we were going to try to get the yards. And we got it back with three seconds left. So we're throwing the ball in the end zone, 10 seconds left. I don't know that there's a 16-point touchdown that's going to be possible right there. So, you know, that didn't have anything to do with winning the game. So, like I said, what's meaningful to us, might not be meaningful to them and we're not going to concern ourselves with that all right so first of all do we like the soundtrack i've been in the studio today do we yeah, like I mean, uh, fight night by migos you know I, I, was, I was wondering who picked the who picked the music i, I like that it was a nice choice. Uh, i've been in that premiere pro bag today but okay you were you were on site today you still are at the miami dolphins complex right now vic is now the defensive coordinator first year dc for for miami so what did he have to say about that I, and who brought it back up was that you with the baltimore ties that was not me. You know, I didn't want to be the instigator. I mean, we were talking about it before Vic came up and uh, one of the guys on the beat uh, asked him, you know, are there any hard feelings, any any thoughts about that? And, you know, Vic took, actually had a very interesting answer. He took the high road. He said there's no hard feelings about it. He said um, that was something that the players were very upset about and he didn't want it to linger. Um, so he kind of fell on the sword, so to speak. He came out in the media and, you know, you know, spoke out about it so that the players could kind of uh, move on to the next game. And he said, hey, that's that's beyond me. I don't really care about all that stuff. But um, I don't know if I believe all of that, truthfully. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, Vic, Vic obviously, you know, Long time, uh, you know, defensive assistant uh, years back with the Ravens. So a lot, lot of history there. We'll be following you on Twitter pregame, Daniel. Let us know if there's a hug, a handshake, <laughs> anything like that pregame. So we can be on top of that. So, all right. So let's, yeah, let's zone in on this, this specific game, Daniel. Give me one or two matchups that you're going to be watching that you feel like is just key to a win for either side. Okay, I'm going to start with uh, the Dolphins offense facing the Ravens defense. Obviously, a lot of, um, you know, backups and a lot of revolving uh, parts with the offensive line. Um, Obviously, you know, you got to contain Tyreek, but you brought up that pressure stat. Um, 
Justin Matabike, he's been having a great year. Uh, Michael Pierce, Travis Jones, can those guys uh, get some interior pressure on Tua Tungavailoa? They're obviously playing with the backup center. I'm not sure if their right guard is going to be playing. They've been playing with a backup left guard. Can those guys uh, get some quick pressure, collapse the pocket, uh, and force Tua into some mistakes? Um, on the other side, um, I'm looking at the Dolphins defensive front collectively against Lamar Jackson. Like, we, we know that he is the engine um, of this offense. He is the the uh, straw that stirs the drink. Um, you know, he's going to make his plays, um, and the Dolphins defensive players acknowledge that you can't stop him, but can they limit him? Can they stop uh, the traditional runs in the run game? And then when Lamar goes off script, um, can they kind of limit uh, some of those, you know, second second uh, script plays? Um, he's going to get his, um, but you can't let him dominate and take over the game. Daniel, What's the best monologue that you've ever generated by a question that's been posed to Mike McDaniel? Oh, man, that's that's a really good question. Um, I asked this. You want to know why I asked this? Because I'm going through <laughs> I'm going through yesterday's press conference. Yeah. And because I wanted to see what he had to say about Lamar, which was incredibly thoughtful, I thought. And yeah. really, really well said, dude, I, I, I felt like I was 45 minutes before I got to that part. Like, oh, yeah. So he is. <laughs> Mike McDaniel, I'll give him his credit because he's a complete 180 from what we had in the previous coaching regime with Brian Flores. He is he is thorough. He 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 does not he does not sugarcoat. He does not spare you. He does not <laughs> mince words. Like he he'll give you everything. He'll go five minutes breaking down every detail. You know, I asked him what did you learn from your losses this season. He broke down every single game. So I'll give him his credit for being thorough. But yeah, sometimes you gotta you gotta sift through the transcript to get the money quote. I will, I will say that you gotta, you gotta sift through it for sure. That's what I'm that, saying. That was I remember that with Brian Billick. It was like, please stop talking. I've got to get through. I'm gonna have to sift through all of us to get quotes out. His yeah. press conferences would go an hour, hour fifteen, and it's just like, stop, coach, stop. Yeah, transcribing is definitely uh is definitely some work for Mike McDaniel, definitely. Yeah. No kidding. You got a prediction? You've been sharing one this week? What do you got? I have, I have. And you know, the Ravens fans that listen to this are gonna be very happy. If any Dolphins fans are listening, they might not be as happy. I'm taking the home team. Um, you know, the Dolphins, I think that they're very talented. I think that they have a lot of matchups that um they can win with this game in this game. Um, but they've struggled on the road. Their offense just hasn't been as crisp on the road. Um if, you know, Waddle is not playing as it looks like he's not playing. Um I think that changes things a little bit um i think the i think lamar is kind of the equalizer i think the ravens won a close game 27 to 24 and lock up the number one seed in the afc we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. 
All right. Which would make, as you remember, yet again, it would make week 18 irrelevant. So against the Steelers and then big decisions for Harbaugh. Yeah, rest for rest. I remember, I remember 2019, you know, yes, you I, that, was the, that was the big debate, especially looking back after they lost to the Titans. But yes, you I, do. I think it's a different team for sure. You and I were rookies then. If only we knew now what that year would mean in, in terms of Lamar's trajectory and his story. And gosh, he's even still talking about it today. Like he, not, this week, he's made it clear. Like th- he's just more locked in than ever before, I feel like, and, and just laser, laser focused. So we'll see if your prediction ends up ringing true. But uh, the, the Twitter handle is on your screen right now at, at Daniel Oyafusi. You can find his stuff. Let us know, and then everybody that wants to follow you kind of leading up to Sunday, anything you got coming up over the next 72 hours or so? Yeah, for sure. Like you said, um, th- appreciate the, the the plug, the shout-out. Um, you can find me on social media, at Daniel Yafusi, uh, MiamiHerald.com. Um, you know, got a lot of stuff on the Dolphins' defense, how they're going to try to stop Lamar. I'm looking back to that Week 2 game last year and how the teams have kind of uh, evolved and grown since then and kind of culminating uh, in, you know, what Deshaun Elliott, another former Raven, called a heavyweight fight. So uh, definitely stay locked for that. Deshaun, that's a, that's Deshaun a that's Elliott. a that's a name right there. Blast from Don't the past. let him near Lamar. He's a violent hitter. <laughs> yes, he He's is. He's a violent. Hit. No, no safety blitzes here. Well, let's keep him protected. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to want to put 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 a shoulder into somebody on the bottom side. I know that. Oh for sure. yeah, they might be showing some cover zero looks. Let's take a look. But <laughs> yeah. all right, Daniel. Well, hey, uh, have a great time. You're going to be traveling to Baltimore this weekend, I assume. Oh man, I got a flight in like four hours. So yeah, I'm, awesome. uh, yeah, Ooh. yeah, wrapping up, and then we'll head at, head back home for sure. You're grinding, dude. We miss you in Baltimore, but it's been a lot of fun watching from afar, like I've told you. So, thank, thank you, you Daniel. Absolutely. All right, partner. Good stuff from Daniel, as always, doing really good work down there in South Florida. Um, he and I were super, actually pretty close in 2019 because we both came. That was our that was my first year, you know, working with yeah. the Ravens radio team. So it was just cool to kind of see the trajectory that he's on and whatnot. But uh, all right, he's going Miami. We'll save our predictions for Friday's morning vault at work, so we can get a little bit more of a have an idea for for various things I, or? I feel like i i feel like i know i feel like i know enough now now that you dropped the news that waddle's not playing you're ready to go like i have a pretty i have a pretty good idea like who's gonna be in there i don't know that much will change between now and friday morning um it's uh, here's here's the only thing that i think works against not the only thing but one of the things that's kind of front of my mind yep. is that um the ravens uh I feel like their win was so big and it was so emotional and that sometimes you can like, like, is there any energy left? You know what I mean? But at the same time, I feel like with the veterans, Lamar, he's locked in Roquan, you got enough veterans to kind of overcome that. So I think it could be close. Not as maybe not as dominating as, as it was against uh, the 49ers. Um, but I agree with Daniel, like coming in on the road, I also feel like without Waddle, I think that makes the job easier, not easy, but easier where you can key on, on Tyreek and say, okay, somebody else beat us. And, you know, I know the Ravens have, have been upset. Roquan has said it before with some of their rushing, rushing defense. And yeah, I just, I just have a hard time seeing this train stopping right now. And, and and I'm still not convinced, even though like the narrative has been for Miami that they can't beat teams over 500. And Daniel said, okay, they broke that and they can move forward. But I, I just don't see the Cowboys. I just feel like never get like just stumble on big stages. 
And so I, I just, I just feel like I believe in the Ravens right now. So uh, I'm going 30 to 27 Ravens. All right, we're doing our predictions. Let's do it. We're so right now, <laughs> so right now, it's funny. I thought you were going to absolutely take the Friday morning vault uh, escape yeah. that I just gave you, but okay. So the Ravens are three point favorites. The over under is set at forty six and a half. I, I've been going back and forth on this one. I really have because you, the travel is no doubt a component, mm-hmm. right? We we have to see how guys come out of of the, a short week, especially the veterans like Kevin Zeitler who came out bang, banged up. Right. And and Zay and, and Roquan are a little bit banged up. We don't know the severity of any of these. So I'm just curious about that. I'm curious about the the hangover from such a massive win, it being on the West Coast. I think that's kind of what you were, you know, sort of alluding to there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on, on the other side, I'm like, man, what have they been what have they given us? To believe that betting against them right now is smart. <laughs> it's like exactly it's it's it's. They haven't. They haven't given us anything to feel good or smart about that. Uh, at, at the same time, I just get the sense that the football gods want Week 18 to be meaningful. And I don't know if oh, twice within a four-year period. Here we go. I don't know if twice within a four-year period that the Ravens are the Ravens are going to go into the final regular season game against their bitter rival. One of the game's great storied traditions, and that game be meaningless in terms of the playoff picture. I think the Dolphins are going to steal one. I think the Dolphins are going to find a way at one o'clock on Sunday. It pains me to say this in a lot of ways because of how good and, and the margin for error that the Ravens have been winning games with. That margin is not razor thin, as so many people say when that when when that type of phrase comes up. It's it's far from thin. And they've showed that they can win football games far from their best. I think the Miami Dolphins have something to prove. And I think big picture, a loss on Sunday will go a long way for a deep run for the Ravens. Peaking too early is something they did four years ago. If they went out, to me, that's defined as peaking too early. And I'd be concerned with a two-week layoff, regardless of what John Harbaugh, and I say two-week layoff, obviously some starters are going to have to play. Week 18, you can't rest them all. I think big picture, first of all, I think a good portion of our audience is going to be excited about this because they already hate my predictions. They think I'm wrong every time. (laughs) They're going to be happy, yeah. (laughs) Right, right. So there's that. But two, I think really, I think this big picture, this could work out really well for this team uh, as they lean away from the thought of peaking too early and peaking too soon, find a way to get it done the next week against Pittsburgh, wrap up that number one overall seed, and still get the bye. Do you have a score? Did you give a score? Oh, I got to give a score too, don't I? Yeah, you do. Uh, 46 and a half is the over-under. Thirty-one thirty Dolphins. 31-30 Dolphins. Now, you're aware Kyle Hamilton and Kevin Zeitler returned to practice. Just uh, yeah. a few moments yeah. ago. Okay, okay, yep. you are aware. All right, all right. Yep. Well, but, Bobby, but Kyle just... was remember Kyle was just sort of observing for the majority of it. Yes, yes, okay, that's probably the smart move too, even if yes. he's feeling fine. Um, yeah. Okay, so you had me, you had me. I thought you were setting me up to be like I was thinking of the Dolphins, kind of like you did last week. I was thinking of the 49ers, but now I'm going Ravens. So you had me there. 
but but you had a few twists and turns. Went went for the Dolphins. I'll tell you this, Bobby. I, I hate that kind of mentality where the one that you just kind of described, where it's like you're like to me. To me, it comes off, and I don't know if you meant it this way. To me, it comes off as scared of like winning too much. Like to me. It's like win all the time. And and that that type of thing that you're saying is actually the coping the coping that is going on in the 49ers right now. We'll probably get it, you know, in the morning vault uh, of like all the coping that's going on in San Francisco. Hey, maybe it's good that you lost. Maybe it's good that you lost. And sure, sure, if you do lose, that will be the cope, right? And you can still win the number one seed the next week if if Dolphins lost the Bills. You know, the next week, and the Ravens end up beating the Steelers. But I hate that. I'm like, no. I know every you do. single game, every I know you single do. game, we win. Let's go. So uh, I know. I, I think part of you kind of wants it to go that way, and that's why you're predicting it. That you kind of like want to see them falter now, so they don't falter later. It can be hard when you're top with the top gun. I know that's what you want. Yeah. And when you're yeah. a winner and you're fearless, and that's what they want. That's what yeah. the in, internally, that's what they want. And I respect yeah. and admire that. They should. It, it can be very difficult in today's world to manage the expectations, the buzz, the noise. I know that they've been like a friggin' fortress and trying to infiltrate that fortress at one winning drive this year has been pretty dang hard. Not many people have been able to. Mike Florio did. <laughs> Mike, Mike Florio infi- infiltrated <laughs> yeah. it somehow. And I know that. And I love that. I love the, what yeah. they've done. I, yeah. And part of, and, and, and part of, again, I, I did wrestle with this a lot. Um, but, but big picture, psychologically, I think this this could be a good thing. Whatever, dude. Whatever. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait for post game. This is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. Let's go. And remember, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, of I'm course wrong. you do. I know hope you I'm do. Wrong. I know you do. Hey, there's no hate coming for me. And let's, in fact, let me say this because I know a lot of people are going to be coming at you because why? Well, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, I, I respect it. I respect like, look, you got to give the pick that you think is going to happen and you're going with it. So, and I don't think it's like, you know, and, and again, you're saying it in a way that it's like falter now because you want to avoid 2019. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I got you. It's, it's probably been, wrong, gosh, it's probably been, but I got you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's probably been two months since I picked against them. I don't know how long it's been. So. Yeah. Well, how can you? I mean, it's, yeah. what's the, what's the winning streak up to now? How many games Six, in a row uh, now? Five, five games. Five, six. Is it five or six? Like that. Take Might a look. Six. All right. Before we shout out our patrons, let's. I'm pretty sure it's five. Let's see. Two, four, five. Yeah. Last loss okay. was against Cleveland, November 12th. It's been it's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a while. All Major right. offense and Devin Conway are this episode's returning patrons who are supporting our channel through Patreon this month. We appreciate you both. Shout out you both. If you guys are interested in doing the same out there, it's a great way to help us out on the back end and a great way for you to show your appreciation to what we're doing. If you are interested in doing so patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast, special thanks to Daniel. Oh, you you can go follow him on Twitter. Um, sure. He's going to have plenty of work coming up. What else? Special thanks to uh, Bryant Mason. Who's one of our small business Patreon sponsors and the folks at mid Atlantic financial group, LLC, more information on them in the show notes below. And we'll have a Friday morning vault coming up. I think we're pretty much good, right? Yeah, but we're going to run and go listen to the pressures with the coordinators now. 
Yeah, it's funny. It's just before 4 o'clock here on Thursday the 28th for those of you who might be listening to this in advance. So we got to go run and do the coordinator press conferences, shotgun a morning vault for Friday, and then I'm southbound to get back down to Baltimore. So I'm going on up in Adams again tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. if you want to check it out. Saw the receipts on email. Love it. Love good receipts. We love good receipts around here. Well, you love all kinds of receipts, but that's just how it is. (laughs) And we'll talk about this on Friday, uh, Friday's morning vault, but you have a birthday coming up, so we'll maybe oh, talk about that for 30 seconds. Or 15, or not much. at all. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> you guys are the best. For Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this special game preview episode. We appreciate you for being with us.